Praise God. Come on, let's praise the Lord, our deliverer, our strong tower, our helper, our redeemer. Thank you, Morgan, and thank you to the entire ministry that leads us every week. Well, there's a motivation in this room that only comes by the strong presence of God. I pray that it is stirring up the gift that is in you. I pray that it is putting fuel on the fire of God in your heart. We are living in the last days, and God needs his family to be passionate for him and passionate for the things of God. And so there's no doubt that the enemy will just wage war against us to have us discouraged, feeling deflated or empty, instead of feeling full and ready to do what God has called us to do. So we come in that context and we let the word of God be seated in our hearts and it goes to work and does the supernatural. It turns an ordinary day into an extraordinary day. It turns a, a, an atmosphere into one of the manifest presence of God where we leave forever strengthened. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we're going to begin at verse 1. These are some of the great verses of the Bible. Romans chapter 8, I said verse 1, excuse me, I mean verse 31. Romans 8, 31 through verse 39. Now while you're turning, I encourage you to follow with me. And when we get to verse 38, I would like for you to read it out loud. I mean in like outside voice, concert fashion, let's declare the word of God and let's release the word of God into this atmosphere. And the kind of truth that we're going to declare today is going to minister. God's about to do something special for you, and, and I'm excited to be a part of that. All right? Matter of fact, we will read from verses 31 to 37, and at the end of 37, I'll pause at that period and let you stand. And we will stand and declare verses 38 and 39 together. The Bible says, what then shall we say in response to this? Now, what is he talking about? He is talking about the first seven chapters. The first five chapters are about God's saving grace. And it's amazing, rich, powerful about God being our Savior. Chapter 6 and 7, all about how God through that salvation separated us unto himself. Continues to sanctify us. And it's just loaded with so much truth. And so Paul says, so what should we say in response to all of that? Well, here it is. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are 
more than conquerors through him who loved us. Standing with me, everyone. You can read with me from the screen. That way we're reading the same version. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, stir that in our hearts today until it leaves us strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. And everybody said, We all have been reminded of what happened at Marshall University. That plane went down years ago and the entire football team and most of the coaching staff was lost. And then the university was trying to figure out its way, trying to determine its future and trying to forge its culture and its attitude. There came this awesome scene if you saw the movie. And that is where the student body had gathered across the student campus and you see these people in a decision-making time, a defining moment. They looked out, and all of the student body, they were with their voices raised like a trumpet saying, We are! Good. Let's do it again. We are! They were declaring that they were coming back and coming back strong. Along the way, you have those moments to declare who you are and who we are. And this passage... Tell you, it has found a place in my heart. We are more than conquerors. At least you were with me. I give you a pass. It's good. I'll take it. Trust me. And uh, make sure you're at the nine o'clock service next week. Anyway, uh, we are more than conquerors. Think about that. He arrives at that position of heart. After being reminded of all that God has done in sending his son Jesus. You know, there are many analogies that are used for the Christian life. We are called ambassadors, God's envoy to the community and to the world. We are called soldiers in the army of God in this spiritual battle that is being waged for the souls of men. Eternity is hanging in the balance and so we are called to be good soldiers and to not get caught up in earthly cultural influences, but to be devoted to God and to the mission of the kingdom of God. But one of the analogies that Paul uses nine times in his epistles is that of runners in a race. Like athletes, we are running. The writer of Hebrews saying, Seeing this great cloud of witnesses that encompasses us. Let us run with patience this race that is set before us. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, you are in the kingdom business. You are in the game of life. Now run that you may win the prize of eternal life. Run the race. The Old Testament writer was heard to say, run and not be weary. Finish. Any runner knows that 
in the race, you can hit the wall. It's unseen, but it's real. Any runner has experienced it. You're going along and you start feeling the fatigue, the pressure of the race or the run. And you start having thoughts like, why did I ever start this race? Why am I running? You're having thoughts that are challenging you to just quit. Stop, shut down, throw in the towel. But every runner knows that if you will continue, if you refuse to quit, if you will allow yourself to persevere, something phenomenal happens. All runners know what I'm talking about. You experience the second wind. There's a fresh energy. Doesn't mean you're not hurting. It doesn't mean you're not, there's not been something exacted from you as you have been running thus far. But yet there is a fresh energy that brings with it a determination. And you have thoughts like, I will finish this race. I'm not quitting. And I think that that analogy of a runner is part of what Paul had in mind when he talked about the Christian life being likened to a race and we are likened to runners. I I don't want this message to rest within scripture of people who lived a long time ago and far away. But that it's a word for us here this very moment. To, To try to bring it home, let me ask you a question. Are you hitting the wall? Walls of economic challenge where the recession is not just something that's happening to our country. It's happening to you. Medical challenges, doctor's reports that are negative. Challenges within your marriage or family and you're weary. You've been going at it. You've been trying. You've made a good effort. But if you were to be honest today, it feels like you're hitting the wall. You're tired. You had thoughts of just quitting. Why is it so hard? But yet, you're here today because you continue. And I'm going to preach with all of my heart today and the weeks to come about the power of continuing. Because for those who refuse to quit, for those who refuse to throw in the towel, There is a spiritual breakthrough of the second wind. We talk about the breakthrough. The emphasis here is you got to have some go through in order to receive a breakthrough. If you will keep running, you're going to crash through that quitting point. You're going to make it through that unseen restriction. You're going to run through that wall that has sought to stop you. You're going to break through with the fresh energy of God. And you're going to fix your eyes on the finish line. Oh, keep running. We are more than conquerors. Paul, like a running coach, comes in our midst today. All of us are runners And we know that the Christian journey is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And so he is our running coach who comes in our midst today. And he's going to encourage us. And by the time he's through, I want to tell you, the wall's coming down and you're going through with a fresh fire. We've talked about his opening. 
What do we say to all of these things, all that God has done? Here's what he says. If God is for us, who can be against us? So let's rehearse who can be against us. He's asked this question, who will oppose us? Who will stand against us? Who will accuse us? Who will condemn us? Who will separate us? I just captured those things that often drain the energy from the runner's heart. Opposition, accusation, condemnation, separation. Those are the things that make us want to quit. So Paul is going to address all of those, his entrance being, if God is for us, hey runners, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can oppose us? He says to all of us as runners, if God, through his son, gave us life, If he gave up, did not spare his own son, but freely gave him for us all, how will he not with him, with Jesus, give us everything that we need for this race? There is opposition, negative circumstance, fatigue, hopelessness, discouragement, defeat. Some sit in this room going, I I don't dream like I used to. My expectations are so much lower. I don't wake up with that passion to, to engage the day. I, I, matter of fact, I dread tomorrow. There's opposition that's created that attitude. The running coach comes in this morning and says, God is for you, which means if he would give his son to die for you so that you could be saved, it is the same power of God that will help you deal with hardship because it's working in you a far greater weight of glory. It shall be revealed. It is doing something God's greater than any sinister power of hell because when Jesus came out of that tomb, he was raised far above principality, power, might, and dominion. Who can oppose you if God is for you? Keep running. Who can accuse you? This is a forensic term. It's to be summoned. It's to have the papers served that document what you are accused of. In the spiritual realm is where the enemy drags up the past. He lists it. He sends it by way of of mental email. He keeps it before you in high definition. He replays it all the time like the top ten of your past in, in high definition and brings you to a point of how do you think God could use somebody like you? How do you think there's a hopeful tomorrow? Look at all you've done. Paul says, time out, runners. Who can accuse you if God is for you? What does that mean? That means he died for you. He rose again. He's washed your sins away. He has chosen to throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. He's not looking at it anymore. He chooses not to remember it. The propitiation. He became sin for us that we then might become the righteousness of God. He took the debt. We received the freedom. The first Adam closed us out of all the potential. In the second Adam, we're opened up to eternal life, reconciliation with God. That way our shame is forgiven and our guilt is gone. Who can accuse you? You're forgiven. Now keep running. 
keep running? Who can condemn? Who, who can condemn? Paul doesn't look around to say who, who would condemn us. He doesn't even spend time on who might condemn. He just moves over into this explosive doctrine of God. Look at it, verse 34. It'll come on the screen. Tell you what, this, this will bring a strong amen from the coldest heart. This is just literally amazing. Who is it that condemns us? I'll tell you, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Rather than Paul looking for the voice, the author of condemnation, he just moves into four of the great doctrines of the Bible. You see it right there in verse 34. Jesus died. More than that, he rose. And he's not finished. He's seated, having passed through the heavenlies after being tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He has passed through the heavenlies and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, King of kings, Lord of lords. Kings and kingdoms will pass away. He's not going anywhere. He's King eternal, Alpha and Omega. He is a very finisher himself. So when he takes up residence in you, the finisher resides in you. You're not going to quit. You're going to finish. Yes, you are. And then he says he's active. He lives to make intercession. He's praying for you today. Who is that that condemns you? Paul says, Jesus died. Jesus rose. Jesus has ascended. And he's praying for you. Keep on running. Feel the energy of God? It's about to deal with the unseen wall. Tell you what. It's an amazing truth. He says, well, who, who, who will separate us? And he begins a list. Because if God is for us, who can separate us? What can separate us? Tribulation? Peril? Famine? Sword? Difficult people? Bad weather? Terrible economy? Uncertain government? Crazy culture? No, no, no. Nothing shall separate us. Oh, then Paul just starts quoting the Psalms. We're like sheep led to the slaughter. Not to be sheared, I'm talking to be killed. Hopeless in our own ability. But God who sent forth his only son. And Jesus who became the perfect sacrifice. Died as the Lamb of God. Was the lamb slaughtered, the lamb slain from even the foundation of the world so that our dependence would not be on our own strength, ability, or wisdom, but there would be a name given that is higher than every other name, the wisdom of the ages, hallelujah, the ancient of days, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Rose of Sharon, the Pearl of Great Price. This is the Lamb I'm talking about that'll put a passion in the heart of the runner to run and not be weary. Praise God. So all of this, he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who will accuse us, condemn us, or what will separate us And then he comes to the defining moment. 
As I think about it, I draw this conclusion. We are more than conquerors. So as the enemy was having his way with my thinking, I was considering that I'm going to lose. I won't make it. There is no way. I'm defeated. It's done. But as I have rehearsed truth, it's starting to set me free. And I recall that surely in goodness and mercy will follow me all the days. When I get to that place of weariness and I'm a weary runner, I feel my help coming. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the helper, the one who comes alongside and ministers the mercy and the grace that's following, saying, you're not going to throw in the towel. The best is yet to come. Continue. Continue. Continue steadfast, unmovable. The abounding is about to happen. You are about to crash through the quitting point. For we are more than conquerors. No longer the negative voices fueling my focus, feeling accused, condemned, and disconnected, but feeling like a conqueror through the power of grace and the power of God. So what's the result now? Where I was uncertain, I am persuaded. That he is able to keep me. Where I was considering quitting because I'd fixed my eyes on the circumstance. Now I know I'm more than a conqueror. And I am so persuaded I'm saying things like this. Angels or demons. Life or death. Things present or things to come. Things high above or things here on the earth and even below. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. It's a good place to just put our hands together and praise him. He's worth it. Hallelujah. feel like running. I feel like running this race. I feel like finishing the race. Praise him. He's worthy to be praised. Make entrance for this empowerment of the second wind experience it on this ordinary day for Moses it was an ordinary day he was in the race tough season it had been quite a long season and another day came nothing of the morning said today is the day that you're going to crash through the quitting point today is the day that it all changes there was no signs nor signals he didn't wake up and tell him to super shot it there at, uh, at the Starbucks on the backside of the desert because today is the day that the Lord has made and I just feel like something good is about to happen. It was not his attitude. It was just another day of continuing, refusing to quit, being faithful, unmovable. And on that day, that ordinary day, God invades and does the extraordinary. And the bush is aflame with the glory of God. And Moses breaks through and it is forever the launching pad of his life. Thought about that passage and I used to pray year after year as a teenager. I wanted a burning bush experience. I mean, I wanted a literal bush to catch on fire 
It's like, God, you did it in the scripture. You can do it now. I'm looking for something to catch on fire. I want to hear voices out of it. The voice of God saying, hey, run. You know, it, it, walkie, yay, I say, walkie, run. I, I wanted to hear this. And, and then the Lord showed me that that, that context was ordinary to Moses' day that then invited the extraordinary. The only time as a teenager I could have seen a burning bush was just a few weeks around Christmas. So you can lean over to your neighbor and say, he's talking about the Christmas tree. Uh, That's it. You got to see your context. We don't live in a desert and that's not our context. We have our context and you've got to look for the supernatural power of God to come into your ordinary day, into your world, to address the wall that you're up against that would breathe into you the fresh life of the Spirit so that you are free to keep running. It's just another Sunday. It happens every seven days. But what can mark this Sunday as different than any other is because God invades and manifests presence to you, for you, to address the wall that you are up against so that when you leave here, there's a strength that you didn't have when you came through these doors. That's what I'm talking about. That dramatic of a change, not a motivational talk, but the power of God's word setting us free in the inner strength that we've been given by the Holy Spirit today. Come, Holy Spirit, so that that strength comes until I leave saying, I am more than a conqueror. I'm not going down. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to win this race by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Let's just receive enough talk. Now the action of the Spirit in our lives. Let's pray. Begin to talk to him about the wall that you feel you're up against. Lord, the the great runners in this room, attacked with weariness by Satan himself, opposition, accusation, condemnation, disconnection. What shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? My fellow runner, My brother, my sister, my friend, I'm telling you, God is for you. Hear those words by the Holy Spirit. And if God is for you, what can stop you? In the Greek, you can interchange the word if with the word since. Since God is for you. What can stand against you? by the finished work of Calvary and the empty tomb and the fact that our God is king. You are more than a conqueror. That marital challenge, that family issue that's got you stressed out and weary, that diagnosis that's making you worry, telling you you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, great motivator. 
invade this ordinary day with the extraordinary power of your presence. Come, as we wait before you, that we may rise up with wings of an eagle, feel the passion and energy to run and not be weary. As sure as the psalmist who was going through the difficult valley turned it into springs of refreshing. So you take those moments where we're hitting the wall and because we persevere, something powerful occurs. You're doing that right now. I know it as sure as I'm standing here. The Holy Spirit is doing something very personal and special in your life because you know you had hit the wall. When I began to go over descriptions of hitting a wall, yours was quick to come to your mind. God is showing up strong in your heart right now. You're receiving from Him. If that's you, just stand right where you are. You don't have to come forward, but just stand where you are. This is the breakthrough of the quitting point. This is where you crash through. This is where the truth is setting you free. This is where you're going to press on and see the good work that God has purposed, foreordained. You need to know that this is just a day. There are more days coming and there's a better time coming. You're going to break through. That's why the psalmist said, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You press through, you break through, you break through. Today is just that kind of day for you. I know you may be hurting, but if you'll keep running, you're going to experience the power of the second wind. Breathe into our hearts, oh God. Breathe into our hearts the breath of life, the presence of your Holy Spirit. Fill us, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, may the runners run. Run the race. Team, will you lead us? And I'll stand by the 